Well, your listeners know how like consistent you are with your foam rolling. Diz Runs Radio, episode 1213, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all. Real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, if you've been around for a minute, you know that I'm all in on heart rate training. I think it's a a pretty solid way to train, uh, way to work, maybe a little bit smarter, not harder. Run slow, race race fast, race face. I don't know. Race fast, run slow, race fast. That's kind of my my motto. So if you're thinking about giving heart rate training a try, maybe you've, you've started dipping your toes into it and you're, I don't know, struggling a little bit or you have some questions, some things you're not quite sure about. Uh, I put a little guide together, a little a little PDF document together that uh, outlines and, and kind of explains and has some some examples and I think some useful links uh, to seven tips, seven keys, I think, to heart rate training success, things that I learned through experience to hopefully uh, allow you to not have to go through some of the, I don't want to say hardships because it's not hardships, but just some of the struggles, some, maybe shorten the learning curve a little bit for you as you get into heart rate training, if that's something that's that you're interested in, or maybe, maybe you're kicking tires. You haven't even really tried it yet, but you want a little more information that could work for that as well. So check it out. If you're so inclined, disruns.com slash heart rate keys, all one word, H E A R T R A T E key, key, K E Y S. Easy for me to clearly not easy for me to say, um, hopefully easy for you to spell disruns.com slash heart rate keys. There's a link in the description of today's episode. So wherever it is that you're listening to this, uh, you should be able to click right there. Uh, it'll open up uh, in, a, in a tab or in a, in a browser. Uh, enter your email address. I'll send it right over to you. And uh, if you have any questions on on anything in the guide or just heart rate training in general, or quite frankly, anything in general, hit reply and uh, happy to, to answer your questions uh, that you have. So give it a shot if you're so inclined. Dizruns.com slash heart rate keys. And now without any further ado, Let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Today's guest is back for a a long overdue round two. Um, You know, and and it's it's funny because as I was trying to put together the intro here, I was like, well, do I say that not not much has changed in the last year and a half? Because, you know, I mean, things always change, but like the titles are all still the same, right? He's a PT. He's a podcaster. He's running coach, uh, dad, husband, you know, all, all those things are still the same. Um, and he's still working with runners as a PT. I mean, that's, that's definitely his, his modus operandi on the, on the professional front. Uh, we talked about that last time running injuries. Uh, I got a hunch. We might talk about that a little bit more this time, but there's some new things that he's been working on as well. We're going to get into some of that stuff. Uh, his podcast is still going, going well. And, and y'all, some of y'all probably are very familiar with him. You listen to the, the healthy runner podcast. Um, but, but I do want to point out, and we can talk about this eventually as well, recently surpassed 200 episodes, which, uh, that's pretty awesome. So congratulations, my friend. Before I even introduce you, congratulations on, on crossing the 200-episode uh, threshold and hopefully many, many more episodes to come. But mostly, I'm just excited to be able to reconnect with a friend today, uh, catch up a little bit, see where the conversation takes us. So uh, it's a pleasure to welcome back Dr. Dwayne Scotty to the show. Uh, Dwayne, thanks for coming back and making the time, and, and welcome back. Yeah, Denny, thanks for having me back. Um, and yeah, thanks for the kudos. Um, as you know, over a thousand episodes, which just sounds crazy to me, by the way, honestly. Um, I was listening to your show this morning on my run and I'm like, man, this guy has been so darn consistent. Um, just like, right. Yeah. So kudos to you. And, um, as you know, it's like a labor of love and, uh, you know, it's kind of, a somewhat of a grind. Um, but yeah, I've enjoyed the ride and it's just fun being able to, you know, share great conversations like you do on your show. 
um, with the running community and connect with the running community and hopefully, you know, share some information that will help keep people healthy, um, get stronger and they can run faster and just be better humans all around. Right. If uh, we had more people that were running, I'm sure we wouldn't have as much drama going on in the world. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll agree to that. Lord knows. I, and I, I think I've, I've made this joke a few times, but I, I, you know, I don't know that it's ever come to it, but I think there's some truth to it that like, you know, if I don't get running, if I don't get my run in for a few days, my wife just kind of sends me out, you know, come, come back as a, as a normal functioning human being in an hour. Don't come back before then because yeah, I, I get a little grumpy if I don't get my runs in on a consistent basis. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate what you're doing and, and looking forward, like I said, to digging in, but uh, before we get to all the, the good stuff, let's, let's take care of the housekeeping. Y'all, if you, if you don't know Dwayne, if you don't know, uh, the, the, the many, many great resources he has available. Sparkhealthyrunner.com is the website. That's kind of the home base. All the things are there. Um, podcast is there. Um, but, uh, you know, that, again, just that's, that's the home base and it makes it easy with the social medias as well. Cause it's the same handle, uh, or is, you know, the URL is the, is the handle on, on Instagram threads, all the, all the places at spark healthy runner. He's on YouTube as well. You can search healthy runner there. You'll find him. Um, Episode 1068, if you want to go back into the archives and listen to our first conversation, that was about a year and a half ago. If you're looking kind of chronologically, we're talking about, about July 2022 was when that episode came out. Uh, if you want the link to the show notes, disruns.com slash 1068. Uh, today, disruns.com slash 1213. That's an easy one to remember. Disruns.com slash 1213. Get you back to the show notes for today for, uh, you know, the, the links and the things that we talk about today. Uh, will all be found there. So those are all the places to get connected and to, to find Dwayne and, and listen to the podcast. If, you, if you're not subscribed to his podcast, do so. Help, it's just, is it Spark Healthy Runner or just Healthy Runner on, on the podcast? On the podcast, just Healthy Runner. Just Healthy Runner. That's what I thought, yep. but I didn't want didn't to screw it up. I wasn't confident in what I thought was the situation, but search for it wherever you listen to today's episode because you will find it. It is available freely wherever podcasts are distributed. So, Dwayne, the way we always, you know, you, you've been in the hot seat before. You've heard this question before. Ask to others. You've heard me ask you this question. Uh, even though you're coming back, you're getting the same question again because sometimes the answer changes. Sometimes it's still just the same old, same old, but one way or the other, that's how we start the show. So what is your favorite distance to race and why? Yeah, and my answer has changed since the last time that we spoke, actually. Uh, last time we spoke, it was the half marathon. That was the, you know, half my races were that distance. But honestly, in the last two years now, I've really enjoyed the process of training for the marathon. And I would have to say, like, now that's kind of like my passion project, if you will. Um, I went back for seconds, um, October of 2022, and then thirds in October of 2023. And finally got a nice little breakthrough um, where didn't, you know, everything kind of came together. And the training that I was doing the last two years prior to that really kind of came through on race day. So it was a nice little 23 minute PR and, you know, finally getting under, under the four hour mark. And, um, yeah, it was, but the process honestly has been most rewarding and I, I really do enjoy doing like marathon specific training. Um, so yeah, I think my answer has changed. Nice. Nice. It's, it's, that, that's why I love to re-ask the question because sometimes it's like, yep, nope, still just, you know, whatever the distance was before in your case, still just a half marathon, you know, just, just continuing to, to, to really enjoy that distance. But you know, there, there are enough good distances and, and, you know, there's not that anybody needs to expand or look to new things, but you know, it happens over the course of time. And, um, it, had you, and, and forgive me for not doing enough, enough research or remembering, you had you done one marathon when we talked previously in about a year and a half ago, or was that before you'd even done the first one? Um, no, I did the first one um, about like seven years into okay. my adult onset running journey, and that was everything was done, you know, pretty much wrong. Uh, but it is a story of a lot of like first time marathoners in terms of like the training wasn't where it should have been. Um, you know, went out way too fast uh, from a pace standpoint because it felt great on race day and, you know, didn't really uh, supplement with the proper electrolytes and total cramp fast, you know, for the last six miles, just every muscle in my lower extremity on both sides just totally seized up. And so it was a painful last six miles and uh, it took me five years to 
finally go back for seconds because it was right. so painful that first time. Um, but after becoming, you know, a certified run coach and then starting to really specialize and work with, you know, many runners and help them to their marathon, uh, you know, races and accomplish their goals, I, you know, decided to kind of, you know, dedicate the next challenge. And yeah, the half marathon was getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm happy with where I am here. I want to continually, you know, challenge myself. And, you know, that's how I've always been throughout life, different stages of life where you kind of have this challenge. It was like PT school. Then it was like kind of academic degree and become faculty. And then, you know, it was open a business, right. And, uh, be an entrepreneur. So this was kind of in the running, I needed that challenge. And, you know, that's why I decided to train uh, for the marathon again. And the second one did not end up well. Total GI issues, had some pre-race anxiety that I didn't know I was going to have. And uh, yeah, that was like a bunch of porta potty stops that usually don't happen uh, at really any race that I've done out of like the 80 <laughs> that I've done. So that was the unfortunate uh, <laughs> thing I had to deal with for that second one. And then the third one, just kind of everything came together and I was able to actually enjoy racing and actually, you know, racing the marathon. So it was a uh, fun. Good, good. And, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's, I don't know if interesting is quite the right way of saying it, but, um, I'm sure you've heard this before. Maybe you've said something similar, but like, you know, a marathon is, or a half marathon is not half of a marathon. And I mean, it is, obviously I know how to do math and like, you know, from a numbers <laughs> perspective, it is. Um, but, but like that jump from half marathon to marathon, um, I don't know. Like to me, it's like, you know, the, the jump from a 10 K to a, a half marathon, which is roughly half, not quite the same. Again, don't, don't at me with your math. I, I'm good at math. I promise you. Um, but, but, you know, more or less, you know, 10 K half marathon is 21.1 K. So we're, we're, we're in the ballpark there. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I guess where I'm going with this is I don't feel like, yes, that's double from the 10 K to the half marathon, but like probably just because of the volume wise, it's not, it, it, it's, it's harder obviously, but like, I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's not quite the leap that it is from, you know, just say, oh, I'm just going to double a half to a full, um, which was certainly my bravado between my for my first first marathon and, and was very quickly humbled and realized that it's, that this is a whole different different animal. Um, but all that to say, I guess you know you would run. I guess the last time we talked, some fifty odd, or maybe not quite fifty, but a bunch of half marathons. You, like done a, yeah. so many half marathons. Um, and then and then to, to you know get back on the, the marathon horse a, a couple of times over the last year or so. Um, for lack of a better way of asking the question, how much harder how much how much different is it to to in your experience with with a couple marathons and now and like you said one that kind of things clicked and you had a good a really good performance um versus your experience with with the half marathon yeah i i say the same thing honestly to all of my clients and um you know it is it deserves some serious respect the marathon distance and i really feel strongly that you know i really don't recommend any runner um, running a marathon, definitely not within their first year of kind of consistent running. And honestly, probably not even within two years, just because of that respect that it really deserves. And I do like to see runners kind of get some wins on the, under the smaller distances and, you know, be able to have those wins. Cause it's really, really hard to, you know, have a successful and something you're proud about, um, marathon in that earlier you know, you're still a novice runner, really kind of figuring things out. Your body hasn't adapted to the demands yet of running. Um, so I agree. I say the same thing that it's not just like two times. I'm like, it's like three, four X mm -hmm. of a half marathon. Uh, and it does deserve that respect. And, you know, it is something that you need to make sure that you have the proper time you need to do all the things um, in terms of, you know, the physical preparation, the mental preparation and work on the mindset um, that it requires and not having all the other stressors of life happening at the same time that you're trying to train for a marathon because it usually doesn't work out too well. Um, stress is stress and you need recovery mm -hmm. during marathon training. So all of those things are like super, super important. And yeah, I couldn't agree more that the marathon deserves some serious re respect. Yeah, absolutely. And, and 
I, 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 I like what you said, or at least what I, what I heard from what you said about, um, or at least kind of, again, how I interpreted it of almost, almost like this for you, the second marathon, but kind of the first one back in these last couple of years. Um, like it, it kind of sounded like you said, basically that it, the the training was really like for this almost for the second one and and that like it took you you know eighteen months or something like that a year a year plus to of of training and working towards it um and and I guess where I'm coming from this is is kind of from a coach's perspective but also just from a runner's perspective like like we're all impatient we all you know like I mean I am too you know if if, if a website takes too long to load like forget it like I I didn't want to I didn't want to read the sports page today anyway or what you know I didn't want to check my email right <laughs> now anyway um. But but when it comes to, to training for anything, but especially for something like the marathon, especially if you haven't done any of them or many of them, um, you know, I mean, you, you might could say that, you know, 16 weeks or 20 weeks, you can be ready for it. But it really is a, a year plus years, sometimes multiple years long process to really, uh, I think, feel like you're you're really ready. And, and, you know, like not just can I finish it, but I can I can really run it well for lack of a better way of saying it yeah absolutely it, it you, you you need that like strong foundation essentially and in our kind of spark healthy runner framework we talk about like six steps to grow as a runner and one's like mindset two is strength training for that strong foundation but it is like not only strength training getting the body strong but the running and like the base training um, is super important that's why like now you know at the time of this recording we're heading into like the new year you know, people are going to start to think about, um, well, maybe next fall I'm running a marathon. It's like your marathon training actually starts now because right. it is the consistent running, the base training, the strength training that you're doing that your body's going to tolerate, you know, come August, come September, when you do 16, 18 miler, 20 miler, your body's not going to break down because it's the training that you're doing now at this part of the season. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely, you need that strong foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of needing a strong foundation, and I, I asked this question before we officially got rolling just to make sure I had my details straight. Um, but you've got another marathon on tap, which will actually, interestingly, have happened yesterday when people are listening to this, because this episode comes out, I believe, nice. the day after you, you'll be running your race. Um but you're, you're, you're not just doing, I mean, you're, you're doing a marathon, but you're also not just doing a marathon because you got four days, four days in a row at the happiest place on earth scheduled for uh, early in the new year, the, the dopey challenge. Uh, what was, what, what was the rationale behind, you know, I've run a couple marathons in the last, in the last, you know, year or whatever, whenever you signed up, I, I run a marathon training for my next one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, run another marathon, but also going to do a, a 5k and a 10k and a half marathon in the days leading up to it. Yeah. I'm glad that you asked that because I would never recommend someone basically run a marathon in October, two months later, um, run another marathon and three races, you know, <laughs> leading up to it because I'm not racing them. Mm -hmm. So I, I do want to make that point clear. Um, there's a big difference. And the difference for me is that the last two years, as we mentioned, I, I was really working on building the size of my engine or like, you know, the amount of miles and the volume. And I listened to your uh, latest episode uh, with volume and I thought that was fantastic. And just, you know, allowing my body to adapt and stay healthy, not have any injuries. Um, these last two years of where I've, you know, run now probably five weeks total of 50 miles plus. And like, that was huge for me because you know, I used to run in the twenties and then I've gradually over the number of years have worked up to thirties, forties. And so now my body has tolerated 50 plus miles with speed work and a hard marathon training and long runs with pace work in it. So for me to be able to run 48.6 and run all of the miles pretty much easy, unless I am feeling that good for the marathon on the last day when I'm going solo, all the other three races I'm doing with my family. Um, but that last day, if I'm feeling fine, yeah, the plan is just to, you know, go out relatively easy, maybe not like easy pace, easy, but you know, definitely not marathon race pace. Um, and just see how it goes. But it, it's more for the fun and the challenge. We're a big Disney family. Uh, my wife's like Disney freak, right? Like she, everything Disney, you know, we're there at least once a year um, down there to vacation. So 
my wife ran her first half there in 2020, right before the pandemic. That was our first run Disney event. And, um, you know, this year she wanted to go back and do the half again. And uh, I have a younger daughter who is 14. She does not run whatsoever. Like, you know, she's like one of those teenagers that just like hates running, right? <laughs> she's going to run the 5K with all four of us. Awesome. And then my older daughter, who is 17, she enjoys running. She does it for exercise on her own. She did indoor track uh, recreationally, I'll say, uh, two seasons of that. So she enjoys running. So I'm going to run the 10K with her, and then I'm going to do the half with my wife, and then I'm going to run the marathon. So it'll be a fun, like, family kind of event for four days. But, uh, yeah, as we were talking, I know you've done Goofy. Yeah, the hardest thing is those wake-up times, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And, and um for 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 me when I did it I was I was still local enough that um we actually stayed over there but I had, I had seriously considered staying just at home because like at that hour the the traffic wasn't that big of a deal I could have I could have been from my front door to to the parking lot in about 45 minutes no factor um and so you know you, but yeah those those early mornings especially you know with with taking the Disney transportation which is which is great and it's convenient but it's even earlier start for that to, to get there and get in time and wait around and get it going. Um, but it's, it's a, I mean, it, it's a fun race. I, I you know, you, you're Y'all are going to have a good time and, and um, you know, it's, I, you've got the right perfect mindset of going into it. Cause it's not, it's not a, to me, it's not a race. It's, it's a run. It's a fun run. Right. Enjoy the environment, especially when you start stacking the fourth day in a row up on it. Like just go in and, and cruise and yeah, you know, run, run, especially on the last day, run what feels good. Um, but it's not a, it's not a PR. I mean, it, you, I think it's a great PR course, quite frankly, because it's relatively flat. But like, it's if you're a Disney person, enjoy the characters, stop for right. photos, do those types of things, and and worry about PR in somewhere else. And plus the crowds too. Like when you get funneled into some of those, you know, parks. I remember last time with the half, it was like I didn't want to walk, but I had to walk because there was just so many people funneling in. You know, which is can be a little frustrating if you have that mindset of like, hey, I'm gonna go out and and run this thing fast and, you know, get a PR. Um, but it, it will be for the experience and to kind of enjoy that. And then just to kind of add to your point of like running the marathon, doing another one, you know, I really, really doubled down on marathon recovery mm -hmm. after my goal race, right. Where I was peaking in training, ran a hard race. I literally did not run for 14 days wow. and I, like held myself to that. And I am a big believer at minimum 10 days for really most runners who are doing hard training and they feel like they're taking their bodies to new limits that they've never done before, whether it's, you know, the amount of miles, the speed work that they're doing. Um, and they have a hard race effort. You have to respect that recovery process and that time and then kind of build back up. So as I've built back up, really, I've only technically been, quote unquote training for this race, like the last, you know, it, it's going to be like four to six weeks essentially um, where I've put some like back to back long runs together. And like, I feel great. Like my body feels great because I allowed it to recover from the marathon. And that's like a big mistake I see with a lot of runners is they don't allow and respect that process either. Um, so recovery is like one of the steps to growing as a runner. So I just wanted to kind of highlight that as well. No, I'm, I'm glad you did. And I, I'd love to dig into that just a little bit more if, if you're willing at least, and specifically into what, what you did after your race, because I, I feel like, and, and maybe this is an area that I could do. This is definitely an area I could do better with as well. But I feel like recovery is one of those those terms that kind of gets thrown around and we all kind of know what it means. But we also we as in runners, but also we as in coaches, we as in as healthcare providers, PTs, et cetera, et cetera, um, maybe have all different definitions or, or slightly different definitions. So, you know, somebody says recover and that means I'll just take one day off. And somebody else is like, no, take two weeks off or, you know, and it's just and, and what are we doing in those two weeks? Are we is it off off or are we doing cross? -train? Are we doing this, doing that, doing the other? Um, so, so for you in that, in that 14 day period when you're like, I am not going to run for 14 days and I'm going to really prioritize my recovery after this really, you know, sounds like a very good training cycle, a very good race. You pushed yourself hard. You had a big PR. What, what did your recovery in those 14 days look like in terms of cross training, other activities, recovery, you know, whether it's foam rolling, stretching, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
that again sounds like it really worked for you and, and something that again maybe let's let's try to get on the same page of what good recovery actually is instead of just like oh yeah I, I recovered after the race and what does that what does that even mean well your listeners know how like consistent you are with your foam rolling so obviously i, I, I did a lot talk about foam rolling. That's, <laughs> that's about as consistent as i am <laughs> um yeah no great question um this was definitely you know the first week after the marathon it's really literally getting the body just moving active motion um went for a couple of walks but every morning i do um actually probably do five to 10 minutes of foam rolling um, and gentle mobility. It's mainly like lower back stretches, uh, essentially because I got, you know, middle-aged back, uh, you know, issues. Um, but I always feel better after that, some gentle hip mobility. So I would do that on a daily basis. And then I did go for a couple of walks um, just to, but generally speaking, moving around. I, I wasn't, you know, sitting all day. I just was conscious of, you know, moving my body, just getting that blood flow going. Um, and honestly, the nutrition, hydration, electrolytes post-marathon is super important for that recovery process as well. So just being mindful of that and and then taking in like really healthy nutrients, right? And because right before race, you're not going to have a lot of like salads and high fiber foods and, you know, fruits and vegetables. So you know, making sure I added those back into my uh, nutrition the week after the marathon. And then that second week, it, it was probably a little bit more of that. I did go to the gym um, one of those days for not lifting heavy by any means, but, you know, I'll, I'll say more of like my kind of hip stabilizer muscles, right? D doing some work with the mini band, um, just maybe doing a little light upper body lifting. I uh, didn't lift anything, you know, no squats or deadlifts or anything for my legs yet. Uh, just getting the body moving, really. Um, so just stimulating that, you know, blood flow and honestly, lots of sleep because that's the best form. That's the low hanging fruit that we all struggle to get uh, with the grind uh, that we're in. So really prioritizing the sleep. Um, and yeah, that's super, super important. And I figure like if run one goal race, one marathon a year, you know, I'm consistently training all throughout the year. So like if there's ever a time where, you know, I should not run for a week, you know, it's like I never take more than two days off throughout the year. Um, this is the time, right? Like this is the time. So I really, you know, forced myself to make sure I kind of stuck to that. And I actually went for a run. It's probably 12 days after just nice, easy two miler. And it didn't feel great. Um, and actually I started getting sick. Yeah, that's what it was. I felt like it was getting a little cold coming on. So I was like, you know what, let's take another two days recovery, sleep, right? All that stuff. Um, and then I kind of hit it the next week and just getting, and then structuring that, like I was doing consistent five day run plan, you know, the first week back, it was only three days. Right. And then, you know, it was two days in the gym, but not lifting heavy yet. Right. Like the, every week in the gym, eventually I got, you know, resistance and weights back up to where I was before kind of peaking in marathon training. But going from three days, you know, no back-to-back -back run days. And then the following week, okay, there's one day in there that's a back-to-back -back, and then the following week, right? So really scaling that and progressing that uh, over time is, is just really important for the recovery aspect. And, and I guess we'll probably wind up talking about that a little bit today for today's topic of return to run because similar principles, um, but you just want to make sure it's not going from you know, you're going after a week or two and some people do that. They're like, Oh, I'm going to go back to running five days a week. Cause that's what I normally do. Um, you got to scale that back in. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that is a, a, you can tell you, you do this, some of this talking stuff too, cause you, you just set, you just set the segue up right there for me. You know, this, this return to run blueprint that you, you've put together, um, which is one of the many y'all, I, I know I mentioned this in the intro, but I'm gonna mention it again right now. There's, there's so many, good free resources that Dwayne has put together from various injury issues. I sent one to my wife. I think she's got a little uh, posterior uh, kind of hamstring, high hamstring tendinopathy going on. And there's a, there's a guide there. Um, 
and you know, I've tried to help her, but you know, sometimes it's better to come from some, sometimes one of those, oh, yeah. like better to come from oh, somebody yeah. else than, than to come from the spouse. So I sent that over to her today. Actually, it was, I was preparing for this. So, uh, hopefully that'll help her, but there's again, just so many good resources there. And one of them is this return to run blueprint that you've put together. Um, it's, it's all about kind of returning to runnery running after injury or, or, you know, or after an injury or, or other layoff, right? Like it's not just for an injury layoff, but just a time off. And, and I think this is a great time to talk about it because like I said, this episode's coming out, um, basically January 8th. So we're right into the new year. Uh, anybody who's, who's, you know, kind of like 2024, I'm going to get back on track, whether it's from an injury or just, you took some time off during the holidays, which, Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You're getting back on track now. Um, I don't know where we want to start with this Dwayne, but, um, I, I, I love what you said there about not just trying to jump right back into what you had been doing, you know, in terms of volume, in terms of intensity, things like that. Um, and, and, I mean, I feel like I've seen people do that. I feel like maybe I've been guilty of doing that as well. That's got to be a pretty common misstep, I think, for for runners, especially those who have, you know, coming back from an injury. They, they're like, trying to get fitness back as quickly as possible, which, you know, again, you've got to play the long game, but it's easier said than done. Um, but how important is that, that kind of having some type of framework, having some type of guide to kind of keep you on track to not maybe do too much too quickly when you're coming back into the sport? Yeah, and I guess the you know, thing I'll share is I really developed this because I wish, honestly, I had this mm-hmm. 20 years ago when I was in the clinic treating runners and, you know, getting them back from injury. And I would just give them like the general guidelines of like, oh, just go out and try like five minutes for like, you know, three days. And if that feels fine, then do 10 minutes. And, you know, you kind of just use like time-based, like random kind of intervals or, um, you know, just say, okay, run three times a week. And like, it, it really wasn't specific to really what that runner's level of fitness was prior to the injury. Um, and I didn't have a great framework and usually before you get like discharged from PT, right. It's kind of like, Oh, you test them out, make sure they could run without pain. And then you're like, all right, discharge, see you later. And then, you know, they're on their own and they wind up, unfortunately, like re-injuring themselves and coming back in the clinic. So I really put this together because I've been putting this into practice myself um, really the last six years as kind of my role now within Spark Healthy Runner as being kind of PT as well as run coach. And I'm like, this is pretty much the framework that I use that I've been getting exceptional results with the clients I work with on a one-on-one basis. Um, You know, honestly, I would love to share this with the running community who either a doesn't have access to resources around them. They don't have, you know, rehab professionals that work with a lot of runners that they're seeing around their areas. Um, or honestly, medical practitioners who are seeing runners and they're like, what do I do with this person? Like get them back to running. Like, what can I, how can I guide them and advise them on how to actually return to run? Um, so that's kind of why I put this together. And what I found over the years is like most healthcare providers either usually have too conservative a plan Mm -hmm. starting with like walk run intervals of like five minutes of walking, one minute of running. Um, and they don't include the principles of varying the amount of running each day or the total volume or miles of running in a week. And then I've found, honestly, a lot of run coaches have a plan that either doesn't utilize structured walk-run intervals um, from the beginning or keeps the walking intervals in way too long. Like I've seen some plans where, you know, they're doing like eight or 10 minutes of running and then they're doing one minute of walking. And really, honestly, at that point, your body does not require the structured walk-run intervals at that point in my clinical and coaching experience um, because the tissues have clearly tolerated that um, running. So, yeah, I'm excited to kind of share this with your listeners. And um, it's really been built upon, like, the principles of respecting tissue healing um, and really combining that with kind of run coaching training principles of like periodization, recovery, and structuring like how we structure a run plan. Um, so kind of maintaining like one longer run a week and then, you know, shorter runs, uh, throughout the weekly schedule. So yeah, I'm excited to share this. Awesome. Awesome. So it looks like, um, and correct me where I'm wrong, but like kind of the first, the first step is to have that plan in place. Um, 
you know, having having some type of guideline. And and I guess why, you know, I, I, I like that so much. And again, yeah, I mean, it can be with a coach. It can be, you, you can put this stuff together, I think, for, your, for yourself. You have a little bit of common sense, but, but uh, or at least maybe not common sense, the right way of saying it, but, but, you know, do a little bit of research, maybe ask some questions, things like that, and, and try not to do too much too quickly. But I, I like the idea of having a plan in place um, maybe beforehand. And, and, and I almost like your plan with the recovery from the marathon in terms of like, it's easy for me at least to, to, Oh, I'll kind of, I'll figure it out as I go. And then it's, then that's when it's easy to get on that slippery slope of like, well, I think I feel okay today. So I'll try five minutes. Well, five minutes was good. Let me try eight minutes. Let me try to like, let me just keep pushing. Like, Oh, the eight minutes was good. I'll, I'll do, I'll, I'll go a couple more minutes. And, and pretty soon you run yourself back into an injury or back into some type of whatever issue you're trying to dig yourself out of. Um, so it sounds like kind of having that plan in place and sticking to it. Maybe that's the, the other side of that coin um, beforehand and especially when things are going well, don't get too greedy too quickly um, is a pretty good place to start. Yeah. You don't want to, you know, do your return to run based on emotion and how you feel if you just felt really good one day, you're like, Oh, I could do another couple miles or the weather is nice outside. And you're like, Oh yeah, I'm feeling good. Uh, So yes, this definitely takes away. um, And I'm sure like a lot of the clients that you work with, you know, the reason why they work with us is like we almost like 50% of the work I feel like is like prevent them from being their own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and cause they're going to go rogue and they're not going to listen to the plan. They're either not going to want to do tapering um, and you got to kind of keep them in check. And yeah, having a structured plan ahead of time, either when you're thinking, okay, I'm going to start running again in a couple of weeks or honestly, as you're healing from an injury, um, some of this, most of this for most injuries, you can actually do this while you're healing from your injury. Um, and having that structure, it does take away the guesswork and prevents you from just going on emotion and how you're feeling on any given day. And it does provide in a periodized fashion. So there is proper rest recovery and it's allowing your body to adapt to the demands of running again, just like when you were a beginner runner, like, you know, when you first started out in your running journey. So yes, absolutely. We, we talked about this a little bit last time, um, but it's part of the program as well. And it's kind of um, running, you know, I don't want to say through an injury or through pain, but like, like this idea that, that I have to be completely pain-free to, to progress, especially with like a soft tissue injury. If it's, if it's some type of, of little bit of an itis or a, a mild strain, something like that, um, where actually some of that movement, again, maybe you take some of the intensity out. Probably you take most of the intensity out. Probably you cut the volume down a little bit. Um, but still getting some running, some movement in actually helps speed up the recovery. Um, but, but, you know, for, for the runner that is coming back and uh, – all the all the typical you know disclaimers of this is general advice and it's not specific and ask your your PT or your doctor or things like that. Um, but kind of what is what is I don't want to say the defining line, but like like it's it's a bit of a gray area between it's okay to run with a little bit of discomfort as long as as long as I, I guess how do you explain that to somebody you're working with? If like it's okay to run with X, but maybe if it gets to Y for let's say a, a Let's say we'll throw my wife under the bus. So hopefully she's not listening. She works from home now, but we'll see. Um, with a little bit of a, of a hamstring, high hamstring type of tendinopathy, it's not completely comfortable, but it's not unbearable. How, how do we proceed in that type of situation? Yeah, and this really comes from a lot of the Achilles tendinopathy literature out there, and I've kind of created my own um, spark pain monitoring model uh, where we are using like the numerical pain rating scale of zero is no pain, 10 is the worst pain imaginable. Um, Just like you said, generally speaking, right? So it doesn't pertain to every single specific case, um, but generally speaking, the most common running related injuries, whether it is runner's knee, patellofemoral pain syndrome, IT band syndrome, plantar fasciitis, shin splints, um, high hamstring tendinopathy, uh, posterior tibial tendinopathy, all of those pretty much soft tissue injuries with the exception of runner's knees, technically not soft tissue, but it, it will respond well to this pain monitoring scale as long as you're doing the corrective exercises that you need to do to overcome those injuries. And now you're getting back into running. And as you're doing that, you want to think about, okay, we got like, you know, red light, yellow light, 
green light, right? Red is don't go, don't proceed. This is the high risk zone. So anywhere, and this is my scale based upon my clinical experience and working with, you know, thousands of runners really through these injuries is you're in a high risk zone for a five to 10. So if your pain levels are a five, then you are in the high risk zone. And then we need to modify something, right? The acceptable uh, zone is essentially where most medical practitioners would probably tell you not to run, um, is the three to five zone. And especially for like proximal hamstring tendinopathy, like your wife's going through, that's one. And Achilles is you are usually always in this acceptable zone when you start out, before you start loading the tissue with specific exercises. Um, so that's not uncommon. But what you'll see is if you're doing the return to run in this progressive fashion, you're doing your loading specific exercises for that tendon, for that tissue, then within a couple of weeks, your pain levels are going to reduce. And then the safe zone is definitely like real safe, green light, like go for it, zero to three. Um, so again, those are given you have one of those conditions, you're properly diagnosed, you do not have a stress fracture and you're going through this. Um, so there is some kind of safety things. And I guess we should probably mention, or we kind of mentioned it, but like all of what we're going to talk about today is really put together a nice little download for you guys. So you don't need to like, I don't know, write down a bunch of notes. Right. Uh, but right. you know, everything that we're going to talk about and we'll probably talk some numbers, you know, and you know, you're going to forget them, but it, it's all laid out for you and structured out. So you guys can get all this, but yeah, that's what we really use because a lot of these chronic, you know, soft tissue injuries, um, and they're usually chronic unless, you know, because honestly, quite frankly, like if they've only been going on for a couple of days, usually we don't seek out information and we're not trying to look to solve it. We're just either, you know, waiting for it to go away or just resting for a couple of days and it goes away and you never see it again. Uh, but, you know, if it's a problem where you've started researching and trying to look up like upper hamstring tendinopathy, then, uh, you know, it's usually in this chronic phase. And what we need to do is to remodel the tissue. And that is going to take time. So there's basically abnormal healing going on. And as we load the tissue and get it stronger so it can tolerate the demands of running, there will be some discomfort associated with it. So having that conversation is definitely important. It's like the biggest patient education thing that really most medical practitioners should have with their clients. Um, and this really comes out of like when I went to PT school 25 years ago, it was pretty much like always stay behind pain, never increase pain. But through research literature, we know now that actually to heal these injuries, we actually expect you to have a little discomfort because that actually tells us that we're loading the proper tissue. We're allowing the remodeling to occur in the tissue. And then you actually get better in the long run. And that could be a pun intended. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, just, Anywhere essentially between pain of a zero to a four, um, you're like definitely in the safe zone um, and you can kind of proceed to different phases that I have outlined in this return to run uh, blueprint. Yeah. And, and uh, y'all, like Dwayne did say, well, obviously we, he's got all these things available on his website, but since we're digging into this one a little bit more, we'll also have the link in the show notes for today to make it as easy as possible. But again, I can't stress enough to go over to um, sparkhealthyrunner.com and it's, I believe it's under programs and you scroll down a little bit and there's, I mean, there's a dozen different free options available on all aspects of, um, running and training and recovery and, and injuries. Um, definitely worth checking out, but we'll have this one specifically linked up in the show notes for today. So you, you mentioned there, Dwayne, you know, kind of some of the, the, the muscle remodeling, tissue remodeling, um, to me that that's, that's saying strength training, where does, where does strength training fit into this equation for, uh, assuming we all know, and, and I think we all know, but we don't always practice like, like me with the foam rolling. I know, but I don't do, I do do. And yes, I did just say do do. Um, I do my strength training. I'm pretty good there, but for the, the, you know, the runner that's like, yeah, you know, I, I strength training, but like, I like to run. Um, and now maybe we got an injury we're coming back from where does, where does strength training fit into the mix? Yeah, it is critical because in order to run, we need to train our bodies to tolerate those demands. There are run-specific muscles that need to be strengthened in order to allow you to run with proper form, not you know the common ones like the side hip muscles, because uh, when we run, we're always on one leg. And a lot of times, if 
someone never focuses on strengthening your side hip muscles because you don't do single leg exercise or you don't do isolation exercises for that side hip muscle, then you're going to run with a hip drop. And that hip drop over time, as you increase your mileage, is going to cause knee pain. Um, so it it is just important to get in the habit if you want to run and you want to be a runner for longevity, then you do need to dedicate time for strength training. And that can look very different, you know, depending upon if you've never strength trained before, you can literally s simply start out with like five, you know, uh, mini band exercise for your hip muscles that I like have my YouTube channel, right? Like that's what I'll give people initially, um, is to learn how to activate these muscles and that could be your strength training. But if you're normally strength training, then if you're getting back into running, at least two days a week, then that's what I would recommend strength training. If you are someone who's been strength training like myself since like college, like every single week consistently, and it's like, Hey, I go to the gym three days a week, then you could do three days of strength training. And so it, it just varies what it looks like, but you need to make sure that you do dedicate some run specific strength training which is definitely different than like a hit style class, definitely different than CrossFit. It's, you know, there are, and like one of the principles is strengthening on one leg. So make sure you're doing single leg stability exercises um, and hitting certain muscles and like the calf muscles are usually forgotten about. Uh, I used to always hate lifting them in the gym. I would always skip them. Like who in the heck wants to work out calves? But it is one of these muscle groups that it's actually percentage of contraction. Um, that is the muscle that contracts the most percentage wise out of any other muscle in our body when we run. Mm -hmm. So we need that muscle to be strong to tolerate the demands of running. And if it's not, then we wind up getting Achilles pain. Then we wind up getting plantar fasciitis. So you know, you just need to be mindful that there are certain muscle groups and there are certain exercises that you can do as a runner to get a nice strong foundation that's going to keep you healthy for running so you can continue to do whatever your running goal, whether it's a race goal or you're just looking to get out the door three times a week. Um, it's going to help keep you healthy. What and again, this is one of those general general questions. So everybody's situation is going to be a bit a bit different. Uh, again, just putting that out there so there's no confusion. But what kind of what kind of timeline are we looking for? Let's let's say we've got somebody as as a hypothetical um, that that's you know maybe been been not running as much for for a month, maybe six weeks because of the you know whatever this nagging thing is. Um, they they start the program. They kind of start working through. They're building back gradually. Like again. It's all, all very theoretical, but, but assuming things go mostly to plan, you're taking care of some of the recovery stuff, you're getting the sleep you need, some of the nutrition, you're doing all these, these, these things that are easy to overlook but are vitally important, about how long are we thinking before we can kind of hopefully, again, in this, in this hypothetical, theoretical world, put this thing behind us and, and hopefully not have to deal with it ever again? Are we talking you know, three, four months? Are we talking six, eight weeks? Like what, what kind of is a, a, a loose blueprint to kind of have in our minds? Yeah. And great question. And this will vary. So like I, I talk about kind of thinking about and the mindset is so important and to kind of frame your mind around, okay, this is a time period. This is a training block that I'm going to dedicate to actually getting back into consistent running and I'm going to do it the right way. So then at the end of this training block, now I could start going after a running goal, right? So this can vary from anywhere between 12 weeks to 20 weeks. And so you're really looking at like three to five months, essentially, that you're dedicating this training block to getting your body back into running the right way, dedicating the strength training, dedicating the recovery. And it does vary depending upon how long you've been away from running, as well as what injury you are recovering from. You know, what are your pain levels right now? Um, you know, how long have you been a runner, right? Are you really new in your running journey within that first two years still? Or you know, are you a seasoned marathoner? Um, so that's where it can vary. And I really think about this as kind of three different phases where your first phase, you're restoring your body back to the demands of running again. It's allowing your body to really kind of feel like, hey, uh, this is what it feels like to run again. And then phase two is like, now this is rebuilding your body and getting that strong, like, base training essentially. So for those that are familiar with 
base training and maybe they've thought about in the training context, this is where like base training happens in your return to run um, kind of plan where some people just start there at base training, right? So I think the, the restore phase is kind of important. And then you get to like retraining phase where you get more efficient as a runner and you add in some shorter bouts of faster running or doing some strides and, you know, maybe some short intervals at marathon or half marathon pace. And that really kind of tests the waters, make sure that you're pain free at that point. You're definitely pain free. Um, and you can tolerate that before you're like, okay, now I'm going to, you know, do this half marathon training cycle and, you know, download that I did and I'm going to do the intermediate plan or the advanced plan because I think I'm ready for it. Um, you know, you have to kind of go through and kind of, you know, hit these checkpoints, uh, throughout that process. Yeah. And, and I, I just, just for, for those that are, are bristling, cause I, I can feel a few of you going three to five months. Like that's, that's a long freaking time. And like, okay, but let's put it in perspective because I, I remember this, I, well, I cheated. I went back and listened to our, our first chat, Dwayne, and you said, uh, that your, your, your goal, I believe, if, correct me where I'm wrong, is, is to run until they put you in the box. Yes. And, uh, I've said several times, my goal is to run until they put me in the ground. So we're both on the same page. We want to do this running thing for the rest of our lives. And uh, I got a feeling that most of you that are listening, and especially those of you that maybe bristled at, well, three to, three to five months to build back to, to, then, to then start a training plan for the next race or start a real buildup for the next race. Like that, you know, that's, that's a long time. Well, let's, let's zoom out. And like, we're trying to keep doing this running healthily, pushing ourselves and, and that may look differently 20 years from now, but we're trying to, to keep that in mind three to five months to hopefully lay the groundwork, lay the foundation, maybe instill some habits. Like for me, getting on the foam roll a little bit more, maybe for some folks, a little bit more strength training, whatever it might be um, really isn't that long in the big picture. It's really not. And if you think about it, it's like literally a quarter of the year. Right. So are you going to tell me that half marathon in the spring is like you can't hold off on actually running that race yet. Like, is your life going to like be devastated, right? Like, so if you try to force it and try to get back in too early and now you try to go after that half marathon that you do every year um, and you want to just have a redeeming race and, you know, run fast again, like the chances of you having a setback is going to be huge. And now not only did you have a poor race that you feel terrible about, but now you're kind of behind the eight ball at actually training for, let's say you're doing a fall marathon or a fall half marathon because now you're not healthy and you don't have a strong foundation for which that training cycle should be built upon. So it is, yeah, it's not that long. Like that's why mindset is so important. And just knowing that, Hey, my focus right now, because I get this all the time and I'm sure you get it as well when you start working with a client, you know, and they're like, oh yeah, I wanted to run this race. And you know what? Oh, I wanted to, you know, they, they kind of tell you things they didn't tell you right in the beginning <laughs> when you were like deciding if they were a good fit to work with. And they kind of tell you after the fact. And I'm totally honest and transparent with my clients. And I'm like, well, you told me your goals are this. You want to be able to run pain-free and you want to get stronger and you've never done like structured strength training before. And if we run this race, then we're not going to be serving your goals that you told me you're going to be focusing on. So just like getting, think of return to running as if you were doing a half marathon training plan, cycle, whatever, like use this and get in that mindset. And like, this is your focus. Right. And it, because if you do this right, then you're going to see like, you're going to have some great running um, pursuits that you're going to be able to do in the future. And we just see so many runners out there that are on this constant injury cycle. And it just, honestly, it pains me because, you know, it doesn't need to be that way. And as I mentioned, kind of, I always thought I would never be a marathoner and, you know, a marathon distance is not right for my body because I was never a runner earlier in life and I had, you know, more of a gym guy. Um, but like doing hard marathon training these last really two plus years and being like 100% healthy, it's because I was patient and I followed the process and did it correctly. Uh, it's not because I'm like genetically gifted or anything, um, but there are steps that you need to do. And this is one of them that you just can't rush. And I just see so many runners who are struggling with the same injury every single race, every single year. And it's just pains me to see that. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Patience no, is key. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and again, I feel like we touched on this a little bit last time, but it's, it's worth repeating that, that exactly what you just said, that so many of these, these common running related issues that, that most of us have heard about, many of us have dealt with one or, or, or multiple of them. Um, they're not common because they're inherent to running. They're common because we're doing something wrong for lack of a better way of saying it, whether we're, we're doing too much too quickly. There's too much pace work and not enough easy work, not enough strength training, not enough recovery. I, I heard a, a, a quote, maybe we'll start to, to wrap it up with this or a, a saying or something. I think it was on Twitter or, or X or whatever they call it these days or whenever it was when I heard it, but it was something like, um, there's no such thing as overtraining. There's just under recovery. Um, which was kind of one of those mind blowing, but then I thought about it and I was like, well, I mean, kind of, because if you're recovering adequately, it's kind of hard to do too much training, but you know, we're so busy in life that, Oh, I'll squeeze more, more miles in, which means I'm only sleeping four hours at night. But that's, that's a recovery issue, not a training issue. Thoughts on that, Dwayne. I see you nodding your head. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Oh man, I couldn't agree more. Um, It is so important recovery aspect. And yes, I do feel like all running related injuries are essentially user error. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that running is bad and running does not cause you to have knee pain. It, it does not cause you to have bad knees. It's not bad for your knees. Don't listen to Aunt Carol or whoever <laughs> said that to you at like Thanksgiving uh, dinner um, that you had. And there are these strategies. And that's why like you know, we preach about six steps to growing as a runner and all those buckets need to be filled. Running is only one of the six buckets. Like that is it. Like you need the strength training. You need the recovery. You need the proper mindset. You need realistic goals that you set for yourself. You need the nutrition Mm -hmm. because that's important for recovery as well as performance. And then race day strategy is another one that, you know, if you're looking to run races, then yes, there is a strategy that you need to execute and learn and how to do that in order to hit that race goal that you have. Yeah. And that's, those are the the, the big six buckets. We kind of touched on a couple of them pretty deep and, and touched on a couple more superficially, but y'all, once again, uh, we'll have this return to run blueprint linked up in the show notes. Uh, but just, just, you know, I know I've kind of hyped it a couple of times, but just a couple of the things that are on the, how to grow as a runner framework. So kind of looking over time, your growth as a runner, uh, race day blueprint. We just touched on it a little bit there, but there's a whole separate download nutrition blueprint, whole separate download runner's knee, proximal hamstring technology, er, technology, tendinopathy, <laughs> uh, strong glutes. Those of you that have asked questions about how do I get my glutes fired? Here we go. We got a whole, Dwayne's got a whole thing with hip exercises to get your glutes fired up. Um, and all those again are on, on the website, sparkhealthyrunner.com. So, and again, this one, the, the return to run blueprint, we'll have it linked in the show notes for today, which is disruns.com slash 12 13. Uh, so one last question for you, Dwayne, before we get you out of here, as, as always a, a wealth of information and, and probably only covered half the things that I had outlined that we might talk about, which just means we'll have to do this again at some point down the line, but, uh, get you out of here on, uh, the, the philosophical question, which I can't remember which one I asked, asked last time, even though I just listened to it, shame on myself for not taking notes on that. Um, but maybe, maybe I'm asking the same question and the answer may have changed. Maybe it's the same. Maybe it's, it's a different question. I don't know. Um, but, uh, Maybe I'll focus it more on the marathons. So you've run a couple marathons in the last in the last year. Got another one on on depth or on on tap for uh, you know the future as we're talking about. But like I said, you just ran it yesterday. As people are listening to this, um, what is marathon training specifically? Marathon training and, and this this you know this last couple of years of of kind of focusing on training for the marathon and and exercise or you know tapping into twenty six point two in the learning process. But what is what is marathon training specifically taught you about yourself that maybe two years ago, even though you were a pretty dedicated runner at that point. You, you hadn't learned that lesson until you started really getting into those those twenty mile long runs and and racing twenty six point two. Yeah, that you can do hard things, right? And it, it has taught me that the mind is also a powerful tool for us as runners, and it's not only the physical and the actual runs that you do, the training, the speed, the mileage, the strength training, but you know the mind and overcoming those challenges is something that needs to be worked on as well. Um, in terms of kind of mantras during training, during your race, um, and also relaxing the mind Mm -hmm. and getting in a calm state, uh, and, and learning how to stay calm, get in a a nice rhythm for those long runs, because that's what you're going to need for the marathon race itself. And the more energy that you can conserve early on, get in that rhythm, get in that relaxed fashion, then you're going to be able to finish strong and, you know, be able to get that race time that you want. So it is, I think, 
it's important for any race distance, let's be honest, but it's even magnified more so in the marathon um, and, and really needing to like double down on those kind of self-care strategies that I definitely did not even think about or respect. And I would have just thought it was hoo-hoo, fluff-fluff if we had this conversation like uh, three or four years ago. But, you know, just doing self-care strategies of like journaling, reflecting on your training, um, meditation. And, you know, I've definitely doubled down on a lot of those things um, in this last, you know, two years. And I think that's been helpful in kind of the marathon journey that I've been on. I love it. I love it. And looking forward to uh, continuing to watch from afar, maybe even, you know, poking in and, and, and touching base a little bit more frequently. But uh, with Dopey coming up, uh, it's, it's going to be a good time. I'm excited to, to hear how that goes for you and, and the girls in your life, the, the, the ladies in your life that are running it with you, or various phases of it with you. Um, but certainly wish you nothing but the best there. And, and y'all, once again, uh, sparkhealthyrunner.com is the website. So many good resources there. I can't stress enough to go check out the, the work that Dwayne and his team have put together there. It's, it's very much well worth it. Uh, on the socials, at sparkhealthyrunner. Uh, disruns.com slash 1068 for our first episode. If you missed that one and want to hear more of Dwayne's backstory, kind of how he got into running and, and some of the, the things that we maybe touched on a little bit today, but we dove into much deeper there. Uh, 1213 to get you back to the show for today. Disruns.com slash 1213. And again, uh, Healthy Runner podcast on your podcast devices. Uh, still coming out every every Thursday, Dwayne. Is that still your frequency? Yes, sir. All right. Yes. So, so you can listen. Got to be consistent like you. Amen to that, brother. Uh, so listen, <laughs> listen to Dwayne on, the, on your podcast app of choice. Uh, by by subscribing to his podcast, Healthy Runner, and uh, Dwayne, it's it's been uh, it's been a pleasure. Certainly, uh, it's it's long time coming, but I'm glad we were able to to reconnect. And and I, I just want to to make sure to uh, to know that I appreciate the work that you're doing for the running community. It's it's top class. It's second to none um, between the podcast and the YouTube and the website and and all the things you've got going on. Uh, just thank you uh, for for all of it. And uh, have a great time in Florida. Have a great time at, at, at all the Run Disney events. And uh, looking forward to doing this again at some point down the road. But thanks for the time today, my friend. And, and have a great rest of your day. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me on again. And, yeah, I look forward to continuing the conversation in the future. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the, uh, the round two with uh, Dwayne and myself. And as per usual, might be... Might be a new year, might not be doing interviews every single week, but uh, some things don't change around here. When we, have a, when we have an interview, we have some takeaways. So as per usual, if you're willing to share your takeaway, I would love to hear it. What stood out to you from today's episode of the show? Uh, for me, I mean, as always, I mean, Dwayne's such a, a wealth of knowledge and, and there's so many, there's so, so many good, uh, you know, all those PDF guys that I was talking about, um, I mean, they're so good. I sent one to Rebecca. I mean, that, like, you know, when, I, when I'm talking about, um, I think I might have mentioned that. I can't remember if I mentioned that in the, in the interview or not. But, like, I was just like, here, here's here's a guide. Follow this. And uh, she's been working on it and, and working her way through her little hamstring issue. But uh, all that to say, so many good things from, from today's conversation, so many good uh, little nuggets. But the, the one that really stood out to me um, is the idea of, of – Having a pain scale, you know, I think I think Dwayne talked about kind of a red light, green light, yellow light scenario where, you know, if, if you're pain, dealing with certain injuries, specifically, uh, at least in, in general, more of the soft tissue, sprains, strains, things like that, um, you know, if 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 the the pain scale, if your if if your level of pain is not too significant, and and you know, again, it, it's it's this is one of those where it's a little bit dangerous. Because some of you, some of you clowns, you know, you give an inch, you try to take a mile. Like, oh, like you know, it, I'll say it's a, a level four, even though it's way more significant than that. So you got to be honest with yourself. But, but all that to say, without all the disclaimers here, the the idea of continuing to run through some some niggles and and actually that process of running potentially helping the healing process to happen more quickly. Um, I mean, that just stands out to me because I, I think that's, that's, that's what we want to hear, right? As runners, we don't like to, to be on the shelf and, uh, none of us like the idea of going to a doctor or a PT or, or any type of medical professional and then being like, well, just don't run for a while, you know, just take six weeks off and you'll feel better. Like, no, that's not what we want. So, so having this idea or this, this pain scale where it's like, Hey, if it's, if it's a three, if it's a four, maybe if it's even, you know, getting close to a five, but maybe not above a five, 
um, you know, you can run. But the key here, and and you know, the key that I need to remind myself of this. Thankfully, at least as I'm recording this, knock on wood, pretty healthy. Not no niggles that I'm dealing with, but you know, probably eventually that'll happen at some point. Um, you need to be honest with the pain scale, but also recognize that, that Dwayne's not just saying to carry on business as usual. You know, if you're running 40 miles a week, just keep running 40 miles a week. That's not what he's saying. You might could keep running through um, a niggle or a, a little bit of a, you know, kind of a, a minor injury, but you, you also need to be willing to modify your running. Maybe you cut the volume down. You, I, I'm going to say certainly, uh, but more than likely, you're probably going to cut out a lot of the intensity. So any type of speed work, things like that, you probably want to back off on that. Um, maybe you even add, you know, maybe you, you typically don't do intervals, but maybe you want to add some walk intervals so that you're not overexerting yourself. If you do already use intervals in your training, maybe you want to back them down a little bit. So instead of, you know, whatever your, your intervals are, maybe you, you, you do a shorter run, longer walk so that it's not quite as much running. Point being, if you're going to run through a niggle while you're doing the things to hopefully help to recover and heal yourself and, and get back to ultimately running pain-free, cause that's certainly the goal. You also need to modify your training. And and I think this is one of those areas where it's real easy to hear the first part and forget about the second part, right? It's real easy to hear Dwayne say, um, you can keep running through, you know, as long as it's a four or, or no more than a five on the pain scale, you can you can keep running through that. And then just think you can keep running as, as normal. And well, guess what? More often than not, in that situation, that four or five is going to be a six or seven pretty soon. And now, now Dwayne's going to tell you not to run, right? So, so my takeaway today was just that full, the full scenario. And, and again, this is, this is in big part is for me to try to instill this in my brain so that somewhere down the road, when I need it, I don't just forget about that second part and adapting my training accordingly while also still being able to continue to log some miles. So hopefully that's one of those little things, little bits of knowledge that you won't need anytime soon. Hopefully maybe never. But if you're dealing with a niggle or an injury right now, or, or heaven forbid, or at least, you know, probably at some point when it, when it happens in your future, um, if it's not too painful, you might could keep running, but running might have to look a little bit differently in terms of volume, in terms of frequency, in terms of distance, intensity, all those things. Don't be afraid to dial some of those back, but still being able to continue to train while working through the injury. I think that's, that's encouraging for a lot of us. Again, as long as we're able to hear and wrap our heads around the whole statement, the whole philosophy. And of course it's all outlined on Dwayne's website. We've got it in the show notes as well. Um, that whole return to running formula. Um, you know, don't just, don't just pick and choose which parts of the formula you like and ignore the rest. You got it. You, you know, it all works together, all six, six steps, six phases. So utilize them, uh, if needed, when needed to return to running, whether it's post injury, long layoff, whatever the case might be. And, and again, there's that talking about that red light, green light, yellow light. I mean, it's, it's hopefully nothing that we'll need to know or that I'll need to know and that you'll need to know, but running through, running through a little bit of a niggle is, is doable. You got to be smart, right? Got to be smart. So that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? As always, if you're willing to share it, I'd love to hear it at Diz runs on all the social medias. Dizruns at gmail.com if you want to shoot me an email and if you want to head over to the show notes for today, Dizruns.com slash 1213. Dizruns.com slash 1213. I'll get you back to the show notes today. Links, photos, and of course that comment section down there at the bottom of the page. Feel free to fill it up, blow it up with your feedback. Uh, let's hear what stood out to you from today's episode. Uh, one last one last reminder, I guess not really a last call, but a last reminder for today of the the heart rate keys giveaway. If that's something, heart rate training, of course, if that's something that might help you, might be useful to you, if you're, if you're just curious about learning a little bit more about heart rate training and why, why, why I think it's such a good, uh, good method for improving fitness and, and ultimately, um, you know, hitting, hitting the mark with, with goal races and, and, and just progress, just trying to grow and, and, and progress as a runner. Uh, Dizruns.com slash heart rate keys is the link. Uh, also, that link is is in whatever podcast app you're listening to this right now. Just swipe over on the album artwork, get the the information from today's episode. It's right there near the top. Um, Disruns.com/slash/heartratekeys. Any questions on heart rate training or anything else? As always, let me know. So, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Dwayne and I with you today. And uh, until next time, be well. Take care. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll talk soon. Right later, y'all.